Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hey, everyone. This week, we're talking about the 1985 drama The Legend of Billie Jean, starring Helen Slater and Christian Slater. And we promise we will limit ourselves to one Michael Jackson joke each, (laughs) referring to the title character. Sure. So I'll just get mine out of the way. Billie Jean is not my lover. She's just a girl who put a restraining order out against me saying that. I think these came out around the same time. I think the song and this movie came out around the same time, but they're entirely unrelated. I'm fairly certain the song was out first. I think the Thriller album was 83 or 84. This movie is 85. Right. I mean, the um, I mean, the the title character in this is a reference to Billy the Kid, or is a, uh, yeah, I guess reference to Billy the Kid, or maybe it's not the word I'm looking for, but... Um, that's that's the nod, yeah. Care. That's that's the nod, not not the song. The song is a, you know, unrelated. Yes. Unless there was any confusion, if you've never seen this movie, it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. I think one of the most famous things about this movie is that I mean, and I'm one of them. It convinced many many people that Helen Slater and Christian Slater were in fact brother and sister, whereas she... they're not related at all. I mean, that's, that is, yeah, I guess I did. I, I don't know if I ever noticed that. It's been a long, long, long time since I had seen this movie. Uh, but this was like, this was, among, I mean, when we talked about doing this podcast and, and the first concept was all of the HBO staples that we grew up with. Um, this was a movie that popped up along with obviously Beastmaster. Um, I think this and Night of the Comet was something we must have seen I don't know, more than a dozen times over the summer I mean, of like 1986 or so. There was definitely a time where H, when not only was it on HBO every other day, when it was on HBO, it was on HBO at least three times that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's an entertaining movie. Is it a masterpiece? By no means. It's not, but it... Um... It's it's a... it's it's flawed. It is. I mean, it's certainly a flawed movie, especially from a technical standpoint. But I, um, yeah, it's, it's it's still very good. It's acted incredibly well. It does its well. job. Oh yeah, everybody yeah. acting in it does an incredible job. But yeah, you know, this it's not it's not badly directed or badly edited, but it's not right. It's not. It's not jarringly edited, but I mean, you made the point when we were watching it that this seems to be going pretty fast. And which is a good thing in the most in most it is way, but it's it just it does stand out in this, especially at least I suppose, especially if you haven't seen the movie before. Um, like I, it would be interesting to see this movie with fresh eyes and see you know get the take of the editing then because in this, even though I hadn't seen it in a very long time, like I was telling you when we watched it, so much of it was just flooding back to me as if I had seen it more recently than I thought. Um, you know, it's a fairly quotable movie, too, without really trying to be so much. I mean, in some cases it is, and in other cases, not so much. I think a lot of that has to do with just a great performance by, um, uh, well, everybody's great in this, really. Um, my Whit Bissell winner is going to uh, Year of the Smith, because um, you know, she takes over the movie in her own way and basically everything she says. <laughs> um, uh, and that's a tough choice considering everybody in this, because I really wanted to give it to um, really either of the villain characters or Peter Coyote for that matter. Um, But uh, yeah, like I I forgot just how much I enjoyed this movie and how much I truly watched this movie growing up. Um, Like I I figured I would like it on on the rewatch because I remember liking it as much when I was younger, but I, I had blanked on so much of it except for one specific part. 
and then as I watched it, it was it was almost like an instant download. Like, oh yeah, I, you know, just as it happened, it was like going back to 1986. I guess you know, talking nearly 40 years now. This was like a heck of a nostalgia trip for me. Uh, of our four lead outlaws, quotation marks, Christian Slater is the only one playing his age. He was about 15 or 16 at this time. And yeah. he's playing about a 15, 16 year old. Yardley Smith was 20. She's playing about a 14 or 15 year old. Yeah. If not younger. Yeah. Um, Helen Slater as the lead Billie Jean is, she was 21 or 22 playing 17. Yeah. And Ophelia I forgot it's Martha uh, Yemen or something like that. She was probably playing 17 or 18 and she was 30. So, but she fits right in with everybody else. Martha, yeah, Gemin, G E H M A N, played Ophelia. Yeah, she was by far the, the oldest of the four. So the movie starts out, and you know what I should say? This movie, if they were to update it today, they would definitely be using like all the social media sites of like YouTube and Twitter and, you know, help launch the legend of Billie Jean so much quicker in today's society. Whereas in, in the 1985 Corpus Christi, it was mostly radio. Even even TV wasn't that big of a you know of a player in spreading her legend. Well, yeah, because you know at least during the day you probably were, like unless you were standing in front of your TV, you might not notice it. So it's usually one of those things where yeah, you have it on in the background. Um, this is you know nineteen eighties rural Texas, so not necessarily everyone has a TV. Probably or great reception from it. So that and it's the summer, yeah. So people are out. They've got yeah. their radios playing. You know, whether they're at the, you know, the beach or, you know, at, out in the they're you know, just driving around the cars. Yeah, the radio would definitely be spreading the word. Yep. Yep. So the movie tells the tale of Billie Jean and her younger brother, Binks. And their two friends, Putter, played by Yardley Smith, and Ophelia, played by Martha Gemmon. And it, it really, it starts with just, you know... Kids out in the summer. Christian Slater has a scooter. And it's his, they're they're obviously poor kids. Their dad has passed away. They never especially say how. But Christian Slater's pride and joy, his one big possession is his scooter. And that's really the most important piece of this whole drama. Because when you don't have much, that one nice thing you have, even if everybody else is like, oh, it's just a, you know, a little Yamaha scooter, you know, what, what's the big deal? It was damaged a little. Now, when you have nothing, that one good thing you have is so extremely important to you. Well, so when somebody tries to take it away or damage it, it it's, it's bad. Well, especially the way they took it away and damaged it. I mean, they did it just because they could and knew they'd get away with it. Both yeah. because they outnumbered him and also because they had higher social standing. So they, they knew that, one, you can't do anything because we'll just beat you up if you try. And two, even if you tried, no one will believe you. 
And even if they did believe you, they're not going to care. So Be- that might eventually movie- set you off. Yeah. <laughs> the movie starts with Hubie. Regardless of what it was. Hubie is basically our bully. They're chasing around uh, um, Billie Jean and Banks, and they're, of course, harassing Billie Jean because, let's face it, Helen Slater is smoking hot. And, you know, Banks throws the milkshake in his face, and then they drive off to the lake to go swim. That was not wise. Now, granted, you don't know the entire backstory, but this is kind of one of those movies where as soon as you see the interaction of the characters, you kind of know the backstory. Like, you know, this wasn't the first incident. This is probably like for as long as they've known each other. And, you know, um, but probably not the wisest move. No. So while Billie Jean and Binks are in the lake swimming, they pull up in their car and make off with Binks's scooter. Billie Jean decides that she's going to do the right thing and go to the police while Binks goes after the guys. Unfortunately, when Billie Jean gets to the police station, she meets Detective Ringo, played by Peter Coyote, who is sympathetic, but he does just kind of blow them off. Right. He just basically says, you know, it's like, oh, boys will be boys, and I'm sure that scooter will be back on your front lawn within a day or two. And if it's not, well, here's my card. You come back to me then. Ring Ringwald, actually, like Molly. Ringwald. Yeah. But, I mean, you get the impression from him, at least, that um, it's not so much he's looking down on them as he's looking down on, like, look, I'm a cop um, or a sheriff or whatever. And, you know, I have a lot to do. I'm not going to worry too much about, like, a scooter between two well, people. But, you know, like I said, he, he is somewhat dismissive of it. But I but I get more of, like, it's it's just like, look, this is kind of petty at the moment. And maybe well, and he, he, also, he doesn't know, you know, no. And he also thinks that, you know, my getting involved is going to make this the situation more complicated, which technically right. it would. Right. So right, right. like he should have, you know, he should have looked into it. But like you, you get you at least get the sense from him that he wasn't just being offhand dismissive because like, who are you? I don't care. It's just like, look, your scooter was stolen. Come on. Like, right. Like kids, it, you know, come it's, on. it's not that he doesn't believe her either. <laughs> no, like he totally believes her. Yeah. But he's just like, look, this is, you know. This is just what kids do. It's, maybe it's not the right attitude to have, especially if you want to uphold the law, but you kind of see his point, I guess, in you know the 1985 vein. So as soon as she gets back home, she finds the scooter is, is back, but it's been damaged, and Christian Slater is beat up. So knowing the police aren't going to do nothing, she goes the next day to the store run by Hubie's dad, Mr. Pyatt. Yeah. With a bill, uh, an estimate for the repair to the scooter for $609, and that's what she wants. And, of course, Hubie plays the whole, oh, we didn't do it, Dad. She's lying. The dad knows his son is scum, and we'll know really quickly why he knows his son is scum. Right. And says, oh, you know, Hubie, you're a problem. All right. Well, I don't have this amount of money in the register, so why don't you? Come upstairs with me, right? And I'll you know what this is funny. Yeah, you know what this is going. Um, Hubie and and Pyatt, Barry Tubb and Richard Bradford, respectively, are also fantastic. Yeah, uh, fantastically hateable, uh, but they they do a great job of making you hate them. They are, they are slime. They are they are the perfect perfect slime. Well, and we'll find out by the end of the movie, Hubie isn't nearly the slime his dad is. 
for sure. But when you're you're being for what that's by... worth, when you're still, I mean, when you're still outnumbering a fourteen-year-old four to one and beating the hell out of him after you've stolen his stuff. Yeah, but I hate to kind of say it too. It is a you know. There are I mean, levels, yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but he, of course, once he gets her alone, he starts coming on to her, basically almost you know he's going to try to rape her. Yeah, he's a, he's assaulting her. Yeah. While she's while that's happening upstairs, Binks and Ophelia come in. Uh, Christian Slater come yeah. in to see what's taking so long, and Christian Slater opens the register and finds a gun in there. And that's when you know Billy Jean breaks free of Mister Pyatt, runs downstairs, and he follows and grabs her, and they immediately realize what's going on. Sure, and uh, Christian Slater points the gun at Mr. Pyatt, who is like, that gun isn't even loaded. And when Christian Slater's like, oh, it's not, and he looks at it, the gun goes off, hitting Mr. Pyatt in the shoulder, and now the situation has spiraled way out of control. Right. Not that it wasn't out of control when Mr. Pyatt started to uh, sexually assault right. Billy Jean. But of course, here they are, they're the two, they're the trailer park kids, and Mr. Pirate is an upstanding citizen who owns a store. And also, also, there's a twist where, um, given how things went down, and uh, now it's also important that Hubie doesn't show up until like basically the end of the situation. So all he sees is uh, Binks holding a gun on his dad, looking like he's robbing the store, which is of course exactly what he says happens. Um, so in their defense, like they don't have sticking around is understandably not their best choice you know or at least you can understand oh. why they think that because they totally do look like they're rob armed robbing robbing the place now but not only that they've also already been dismissed by the police exactly they already yeah. lost any trust they would have in the police right when they hadn't done anything wrong <laughs> so they go running out of the store they get back to their the trailer park to you know billy jean and uh bink scrap stuff Potter, played by Yardley Smith, is like, well, what's going on? And we know Potter doesn't have good home life. You know, we, we she talks about how no matter what she does, she ends up grounded or being slapped around by her mother. We hear one of the slaps from outside of the trailer, so we know it's a somewhat abusive relationship there. So when she finds out they're running away, she wants to go, too. Yeah. She so she grabs her bag. They all pile into Ophelia's well, Ophelia's dad station wagon and drive off. And they end up at this abandoned mini golf course where they're going to hide out. And I think the mini golf course may have once been owned by them. Maybe their dad owned the mini golf course. Because, or maybe Ophelia's dad owned it because the golf balls are rattling around in the back of her dad's. Um, station wagon it doesn't really it's, matter you get the impression that for sure it's a place they've been to enough yeah so ophelia even like you know when they're like ophelia where's your stuff she's kind of like i'm gonna take you guys wherever you want to go but i really don't have any reason to be on the run and technically and she's, she's right yeah she's right i mean she's abetted them but that's about as far as she's gone and she's also a teenager so you know it's she's if she's 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 right in assuming that she doesn't if she doesn't go any further she's gonna be okay and honestly and like we had discussed during the movie, that might be the best thing for them because she can tell the actual story. She was there. Which turns out doesn't really matter because when no. 
Peter Coyote arrives on the scene and finds out what happened. He figures it out almost immediately. Yeah. Immediate, and he realizes, I blew this one. This is on me, guys. I, they came to me about this situation, and I passed it off. So he immediately kind of takes responsibility to say, all right, I'm going to have to try to do everything I can to resolve this situation in the right way because I know what happened. I know Hubie, your son, stole their their scooter. I know that they came here probably looking for restitution and things kind of, I mean, it, it still ends up with, well, this guy, you know, Christian Slater shot the store owner. Which is fair. Which, you know, I, I would say. Because how did he get the gun in his hands in the first place? If we're being right. honest, you know, Cause he was going to, he was going to rob the register. <laughs> Granted well, the for money gun... he felt was his, but he was going to rob it. But the gun was obviously registered to Mr. Pyatt as well. So they know they didn't bring the no. gun there. Oh, for sure. All, all I'm saying is that, and obviously I'm on, you know, Billy Jean and Binks' side. I'm just saying, like, as far as Pyatt is telling the police, like, look, they shot me with a gun. And the reason why Slater has that gun in the first place is because he was going to rob the register for his money. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you can't get around. It's not legal. You can't get around that. <laughs> So pretty quickly, Billie Jean, who is really sensible, but fair is fair. decides she's going to call the police and try to explain the situation. She's like, you know what? Why don't we, you know, I'll come to the mall, but I want Mr. Pyatt to bring the $609 he owes us to get the scooter repaired. I'll come there and, you know, we'll, we'll turn, I'll turn myself in. So they set up to have a meet at the mall, but of course, Mr. Pyatt, being Mr. Pyatt, you know, sours the deal and tries to have Hubie grab Billie Jean. And Billie Jean, you know, the there's an escape scene from the mall. The police start chasing, everybody starts chasing her. Billy Idol's Rebel Yell plays, you know, over in the soundtrack. And they make another getaway. Unfortunately, again, Christian Slater not being the wisest character, had stole a cap gun that looked real enough. And during the escape, he points it at Peter Coyote. And, you know, good way to get yourself shot, kid. For sure. They make the second escape. And this is where the legend of Billie Jean really starts to spread. Because now there's news reports about a police chase at the mall. And they're interviewing all these kids. And the kids are, of course, all like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. You know, all the poli- all these guys are chasing her. And she runs up the escalator. And she kicked this one guy in the nuts. And he went down. And then she jumped through the fountain and made her escape. It was great. And the legend starts building. And later at Mr. Pyatt's store, as Peter Coyote is continuing to interview Mr. Pyatt and accuse him of, making the situation go even further out of control than it already is. Mr. Pyatt has all these signs up, you know, wanted Billie Jean, Davey, wanted one. And people come in, they want to buy the posters. And he's like, what? You want to buy them? So he starts a merchandising campaign. Immediately. (laughs) Billie Jean stuff. Like realizing this guy wants to pay me $10 for this poster I made of Billie Jean. Well, looks like I'm going to start making some money here. And now the legend of Billie Jean is, you know, she's an outlaw, but she's the Billy, the kid type of outlaw, you know, the kids love her, the kids respect her. Right. And there's the sense that, you know, yeah, 
she's the poor kid being railroaded by, you know, the rich people. While they're on the run, they decide to hide out at this mansion that looks like it's, you know, nobody's home. They break in, and this is where they meet Keith Gordon. Yeah, who's awesome. Uh, And it's a strange way. This is like the one scene, his scene is the one thing that I remembered vividly. um, Because it's just so strange. He's so strange in this. Awesome. I, I, I like him. I, I love the character, but it's just, it's such a strange introduction. Uh, and he's got this like strange presence about him the whole time. It's an, it's an interesting character thrown into the movie. Well, he's theatrical. Yeah. Very. He's in yeah, the yeah. drama club. There you go. Exactly. He's very dramatic. It's, 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 it's well, so interesting. And, and to me, the, the, the you know, un, unforgettable. I almost gave, I almost went with him for the Whit Bissell, but I, I don't know. There's just something about Yardley, just about everything she says. He's got, you know, all this makeup effects and, you know, a high-tech, you know, TV system, especially high-tech for 1985. He's got his own video camera and, you know, he knows who they are. And he's like, you know, he's the bored rich kid. Right. His father, as we find out later, is the DA who's going to be running for governor. And he wants in... Not so much really at the at this point, not really so much to help Billy Jean out, but he wants in on the excitement. Right. He's actually using them. Oh, for sure. To, you know, he's there up. as he's there as escape, you know. Yes. He, uh, he's there. He, they're his escape. I, I want to say he's and like, yeah, he's like, I'll be your hostage. You guys can take me hostage because right now you don't have anything the police want or to negotiate. So if you have me as your hostage, they'll have something. He's even tying himself up and putting a gag on his own mouth. And they're all like, you know, are you crazy? You know, he's like, yeah, it'll be fun. But before they, he leaves with them, they, they use his video camera to film a video and they would just seen on TV. They're watching a Joan of Arc movie. So Billie Jean cuts down her hair to the, and puts on the outfit that is famous of her in the poster with, you know, the swim, you know, the, the, the swim gear with the sleeves torn off and the, the khaki pants and combat boots and her, her, her short haircut um, to try to pay homage to Joan of Arc. And they film her basically saying, like, look. We will turn ourselves in, but, you know, we've been mistreated by the system. I want the $609 for the damage, you know, basically, again, explaining herself to the videotape. And they make copies of the videotapes and distribute them to TV stations and one to the police station. And you see the scene of this little boy played by, (laughs) he's my whip whistle winner. Right on. right on. Joshua Butts is the is the the actor's name, and uh, he's he's listed in the credits as tape delivery boy, and he's just this little red haired kid who's carrying the package. You see him walk into the police station, walks up to Peter Coyote, and hands him the 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 tape, and they play the tape, and it's the you know the the confession, and you know. It's basically a rallying cry where she ends it fair and fair, fair, fair and fair, fair. And, yep. you know, raises her arms above her head. And, you know, you look down the, the little kid and 
he throws his hands up with this cute as a button smile. Right. So I'm giving it to him because, you know, one little kid to carry off what he does. He did it exceptionally well. Oh, yeah. It's a cute little scene. It really is. So now Billie Jean is full-on outlaw hero. There are girls all over Corpus Christi are shaving, uh, you know, cutting their hair into the same, you know, style. They even build a network because there's a scene where Billie Jean and Billie Jean decides that it's gone too far and she actually turns in Ophelia and Putter because she thinks this is this is getting really dangerous now. Well, yeah. Well, is this before or after they get shot at? Oh, this is that. Oh, yes. This is the, that. The, they, by the trucker with the rifle. This is <laughs> that really was where we see. Scene. As they're driving around, they make a stop and all these kids. Well, first they, they stop to pick up some food. And these two other kids in the, the, the mini-mart are, like, seeing that they're going to try to steal the food. And they're like, no, right. no, no, no. We're going to buy you guys the food. You're Billie Jean. You're, you're the mall girl. And they buy you the food. And then later on, as they're, they're out, these other group of kids see, like, oh, my God, it's Billie Jean. Billie Jean, you got to help us. Kenny. Kenny's in real bad trouble. You need to help us. And Billie Jean is basically led by these kids. And as the kids are leading her through the neighborhood... More and more kids see her, and this entire army of children and teenagers are following her. As they go to this house, and as they get outside the house, you hear there's an abusive situation going on. You hear a a dad yelling, smacking, beating the kid, and Billie Jean is terrified. Yeah, she's like, "Oh my God, what am what are these? What do they think I'm going to do? They think I'm going to go into this house where there's this drunk guy and." But she does it. She she right. sneaks her. She thinks she's like a superhero. Yes, but she she goes in and 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 the kid is hiding behind the couch and the drunk dad's like, "Who are you? What do you want? Get out of my house!" And he looks out the window and sees the army of kids on the lawn. Yeah, and he's just like, the kids looking on the window. You're you're that Billy Jean girl. I I I I I don't want no trouble. I I I, I don't want. So she she gets the kid out of the house to the crowd of kids is like, it's all right. Kenny's going to be spending some time with his grandma. So she got the kid out of the abusive situation. Unfortunately, we don't know. We'll never know really how that turns out. But maybe maybe the grandma takes him in. Maybe Maybe the grandma takes him in or yeah. Or maybe he's so afraid of the neighborhood kids now. Yeah. Well, you know, again, the grandma takes him in. All we know about Kenny's is he's being abused by his dad. Right. So maybe the mom ain't around. Right. And maybe the grandma is his mother's mother, and she knows that his dad's an abusive drunk and is going to be so happy right. to have him living with him now. That's the way I prefer to look at it. I prefer to... For sure. That, yeah. You know, at least Kenny is saved and has a good life. But... As this crowd is gathered around Billie Jean, as you pointed out, these two got the this man and woman drive by in a truck, and the woman's like all excited, like, oh my god, that's Billie Jean. Well, Mr. Pyatt has also put a ten thousand dollar bounty out on Billie Jean. And the guy driving the truck immediately like grabs his rifle, it's like, Oh, oh, I'm gonna get myself that ten thousand dollars. Yeah, so he's like, Here, let me hang out the window with my rifle while you take the wheel. (laughs) Actually, was it Mr. Pyatt or was it the DA? 
Oh, you know what? I think it might have been the DA. That's uh, right. Dean Stockwell, the, by the way, we should mention is the DA, the great Dean yes. Stockwell. Yes. The, the DA puts out the $10,000 reward for the rescue of his son. Even though P- Peter Coyote is saying the entire time, we, we got to your house. There was obviously a party going on. Your son is obviously a willing hostage. And you can tell he knows. You, you can tell Peter Coyote, rather. You can tell Peter Coyote can, you, you can tell that he knows that, um, that the DA, uh, Dean Stockwell, knows that his son is, you know. Well, like, he, because you can just tell by Dean Stockwell's attitude. He's like, yeah, yeah, this, doesn't, this tracks. He does know, but he also says, do you know for 100% as a fact? Which is fair. It's entirely fair. Yes. You don't. You really don't. So the cowboy trucker opens fire on them, blows out the rear of the, you know, blows out the rear windshield and keeps shooting. And, you know, they narrowly escape this maniac and is, you know, shooting at them. And that's when we get back to what I was talking about before, where Billy Jean's like, this is out of control. Right. So overnight while uh, Potter and Ophelia are asleep, she calls the police station and says, you know, go here. And, and she turns her two friends in for their own safety. So when Peter Coyote picks them up, she, he's, of course, asking, you know, where is Billy Jean? And of course, they don't know. Right. And he brings Ophelia and Potter to the police station. And that's when you hear like, oh, we got Billy Jean. And they're all like, what? We got her? And they, you know, they all go to the cells and there are the police leading in three girls, all dressed as Billy Jean, all with their hair cut low. And of course, none of them are really Billy Jean. This is where we get to the I am Spartacus, uh, you know, part of the movie. Oh, yeah. And the whole like underground operation they've organized. And that's when, you know, it's the whole with, like the, the Billy Jean clones. It's fantastic. The the part comes to like, where is Billie Jean? She's everywhere. She's everywhere, yeah. And that's when Putter's mother comes in to collect her, and she smacks her so hard. Oh, her head spins. Knocks her across the room. And according to Yardley Smith during the commentary, the actress really smacked Yardley Smith that hard. Damn. I wonder if, do you know if it was an accident? I don't. She was just like, do it, you know? (laughs) Yearly grabs a pair of scissors and holds them at her mother, and everybody's like shocked and terrified. And Peter Coyote's just like, don't do it, Putter, don't do it. And that's when Yearly takes the scissors to her own hair and gives herself the Billie Jean cut, which I guess she didn't actually cut her hair. They have her in a wig for those scenes. Okay. So now. It's Billie Jean Banks and Keith Gordon. I've forgotten the character's name. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a scene where they're going to try to steal a car to go on the run. And they're caught and they end up chasing by being chased by on a foot chase by police and security guards. And Billie Jean gets separated from Christian Slater and Keith Gordon. But this is where she encounters the underground network as, as she's running, a group of girls pull over in their car, again, all looking like Billie Jean, tell her to get in. And they have a whole network to move her around underground and protect her. Yeah, exactly. Literally, like the, yeah, they, there's like with the whole like army of Billie Jean clones. It's fantastic. 
And they keep telling her, like, oh, we can get you down to Mexico if you want us to. And she's like, no, no, I need to resolve this. I'm not going to live my life on the run. I need to, you know. It, it, it's, it's points like that to go back to what we started with at the beginning, if we were going to get into any of the technical flaws, uh, in particular, say, the editing. Um, like that's where the editing or, and I don't necessarily want to criticize it. It's just how it is like, but that's where it starts to stand out is just how fast all of this escalates. Like how fast, um, for example, Pyatt goes from having like that wanted poster to like a whole tent, like circus tent, like a whole, you know, yard sale of, uh, you know, large, like flea market, rather full of, uh, Billy Jean stuff of all different kinds, like hats, t-shirts, posters, po- pictures that I have no idea how he has, but probably shouldn't of a 17-year-old. You know, like a 17-year-old in her swimming outfit coming right. out of the, you know, the it's lake. A, it's a candid shot, which begs the question, where did you get that photo from, sir? Yes. <laughs> you know, like there, there well, are questions here. As we said, all throughout the movie, we're constantly seeing kids being interviewed by the media right? and, and the legend growing. So th- right. there like, is at least that paced out through it right like if you but i guess what i'm saying is if he wanted to make the argument well wow that seems so fast it's like i guess fair point but what's the other option drag the movie out pointlessly where you already know that's kind of where it's going that's why i don't really have a problem with it but i do understand i i guess i could understand where you're coming from one of the things i think really would have helped is if it had been more known if we'd seen more of the kids around town talking about mr pyatt and how it was all agreed that Mr. Pyatt and his son Hubie are, you know, terrible people, and it's right. about time somebody stood up to him. That would have helped a huge amount. Right. Like, I don't, if you watch this movie, I don't think it's too hard to get that impression based on the reaction of all the, it's almost like all the children know, oh yeah, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whether they know him or not, it's like they could just see him and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it would also help. But yeah, you're right. It might have helped to point it out or at least get their reaction to them actually saying that. If we also got to see more of those kids being like, and I know Billie Jean Davy, and she's right. a good girl, and her brother, you know, they, they're good people. You right. know, it's that Mr. Pyatt who's no good. Right, like his son never left him alone and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, Hubie was always picking on him. That really would have helped the whole, you know, because, you know, I, I can just tell you if I was a kid and I saw the media that these teenagers were on the run, after having shot a guy, I probably would have believed the other story. It would read different for sure, yeah. Depending on how it's presented, absolutely it would read different. Well, I think that's kind of the point of the movie, right? Because yeah. the other thing that's going on is the media is about how Billie Jean and her band of outlaws are on a crime spree. Yes, that's right. That 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 whole story comes up where it seems like they are the stand-in gang for any sort of robbery. We, there's, like, there's, every robbery is being attributed to them. There's a there's a guy who was held up who says, "Oh yeah, they tied me up. They they and he looks beat up out of the register, and they beat me up, and they were all hopped up on drugs." Yeah. We and they very likely work. said they were the Billy Jean gang. <laughs> I mean, I would have. They, yeah, they may have claimed that as well. But we know Billy Jean, and they had nothing to do with it. And later on, as the police are trying to, you know, track down Billy Jean and their gang, they're like, "This is impossible. Half of these crimes are happening at the same time. Right, this all over a huge state. Yeah, this, this is Texas. Be her. 
And of, and of course, again, Peter Coyote is like, I know it's not her, you know, and, and you got to feel bad for Peter Coyote somewhat, because if he had just gone and said, Hubie Pyatt, did you steal this, you know, this uh, scooter? All right, we'll give it back. And it looks like it's been damaged. So you owe. Right. That would have probably. Just I mean, do it. Right. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Just do it then and there. Just do the right thing then and there. Because because not only. Because not only does he feel bad about how he screwed up, he's also trying to keep it from escalating on both ends. Because uh, well, like because the because the um, DA, you know, um, Dean Stockwell, he's getting increasingly annoyed about all of this and getting increasingly aggressive. And not to mention the trigger happy bounty hunters yeah, right. out there who, right. you know, want a chance at $10,000 for rescuing the DA's son. And it really also would have helped at this point if Keith Gordon had called his dad or the police and said, oh, look, I'm not really a hostage. Exactly. That would have been a huge help, too. Because as the movie finally comes to the climax, where Billie Jean once again said, there's a, there's a huge, she hears it on the news, that there's going to be a huge Billie Jean rally, and the radio station has even bought a new scooter to replace Hubie's scooter. And like, all you have to do is come down and claim it at the, the rally we're having for you. Now, in, in their defense, if if he let it be known, now I understand, I certainly understand your point, especially with how things turn out, which you're going to get to in a minute. But in their defense, if they, if, if they let it be known that he's not really a hostage, that just gives the police the ability to just come right at them however they feel like coming at them, knowing that they're not going to do a damn thing. But if they think they have a threat of a hostage, they do have to keep a distance. But they're dis- the plan they go with is the most ill-advised not, yeah. plan they probably could have gone with. For sure. But they are children. Yes. But also, at this rally, this is, this is a poor Billie Jean rally. So while <laughs> the police are there, the crowd is on Billie Jean's side. So oh, this sure. really Everybody looks like the- her, yeah perfect place to show up and turn themselves into the police and then they have all these witnesses seeing like all right well the scooter's there and billy jean's there turning herself in peaceably and yeah you know this is not the shootout that uh you know no. some expected yeah this is not the showdown at you know uh, uh fort sumner right so they decide that Billie Jean is going to infiltrate the crowd in a wig in disguise. And Binks is going to show up in a dress coming with the sun behind them so that they can't really see with a the, the toy gun pointed at Keith Gordon. It's just a terrible idea. Now, the first half of that plan was decent. Her infiltrating the crowd, looking as yeah. like one of the few people who don't look like Billie Jean. That's okay, <laughs> you know. Okay, which only made her look a little bit more suspicious. But For whatever, sure. I guess so. Yeah, um, but like that, that like okay, that could work. I can see that. But this one is just yeah. What are you doing? But then on top of that, you know, Peter Coyote, who's also convinced that the gun, um, he knows the gun that Christian Slater has is a toy gun, right? So when he sees that the DA has brought in sharpshooters to the rally, he's like, are you kidding me? This is, and he goes to the sharpshooters like, you guys stand down. This is, I'm in charge here. You stand down. And of course they ignore him and they got their rifles going. So when Christian Slater starts coming over the sand dunes with 
uh, Keith Gordon as his hostage, things get really intense. Stupid Hubie. Hubie goes running out there realizing, wait, something's wrong here. And he realizes, like, no, it's it's her brother. It's not. He's yelling to the crowd, it's not Billy Jean, it's your brother. And, and Keith Gordon and Christian Slater both like, shut up, Hubie. We, we got something. And not thinking, Christian Slater points the fake gun, which, as far as the sharpshooters know, is a real gun. In Hubie's direction, kind right. of absent-mindedly, exactly. Yeah. Sees the gun pointed at him, is scared to death, and that's when one of the sharpshooters takes out Christian Slater. Uh, understandably, um, it, yeah, like Christian Slater when he points the gun, it is. It is. You can see it's absent-mindedly. Um, it's just you know. He's it's not, not even it, you know. He just kind of moves his wrist, but the gun does point in his direction. Yeah, and and as and any sharpshooter, police sharpshooter who knows his job is gonna right. probably take that shot. Because again, from that sharpshooter's point of view, this guy has just had a gun on the DA's son, right? And now he's pointing it, and again, the, with the son behind them, which was the idea to help obscure the people's vision of them. He did what he had to do, unfortunately. Now, of course, the gun goes off. The crowd goes wild. Everybody starts running out there. Billy Jean, of course, knows. It. Everybody thinks Billy Jean has now been shot. Fortunately, there was an EMT on the scene because they get the you know him into an ambulance real quick and, and, and drive away with the police escort. And, you know, of course, the, the rally has taken a kind of a downturn now people are less excited about what's going on and that's when as more and more people realize that the girl among them is in fact billy jean and that's where she goes to confront mr pyatt as you pointed out he's got this huge boot of <laughs> merchandise he wasted no time and she confronts him in front of the crowd she's like so and who paid for the, the new scooter you know did did that money come from you and that's when the DA says, no, I, I paid for it. You know, again, now the crowd is even more turning against Mr. Pyatt. Like, here he is. He's got this wad of cash of money he just made selling Billie Jean merchandise. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, you you, you take some of this money. You know, this will, you know, might be a little bit more, might be a little less. But you, you, she's like, I don't want your money. Right. I don't want your money. And she pushes him down and throws the money in his face which knocks down a tiki torch that's not setting fire to his booth. And Keith Gordon picks up a poster that she had torn in half. He throws it into the fire. The crowd starts, you know, looking at this Billie Jean merchandise they're wearing and, and everything. And it's like, you know, what if they kind of like, boy, we got kind of caught up in this ourselves, didn't we? Um, I think it's that. I mean, I, I the more I read of it, it's just like, well, it's over. Yes. You know, it's over. What's the what's the point? Um, I also wonder, like, for the, some of the people throwing away, it's like, man, I just bought this, and it's kind of a nice hat. <laughs> it's been 15 bucks on this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know. 15 bucks in 1985 money. Right. It's like, you know, you look around and just be like, yeah, I'm going to throw mine in, too. Toss it, then you hide it under your arm or something. You know? I mean, you just bought it. And those Frisbees, it's like, it's still a Frisbee. 
And Mr. Pyatt still has their money, although some of it did get tossed in the fire and is getting burned out. But, oh, you know. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a conflagration that they wait a very long time to do something about. But this is where it is kind of odd because it cuts from, you know, Billie Jean walking away from the flames, you know, and, and the crowd kind of following her. And then it cuts to immediately at the end. They'd talked all through the movie, especially yeah. Christian Slater wanting to go f- to Vermont, get away from the heat. And it cuts to Billie Jean in Vermont hitchhiking. And at first you think she's alone because we don't know whether Bink survived being shot or not. And this is where the reveal is Christian Slater comes out of a store. It's like, well, you said it'd be cold out here, but it's ridiculous. And as he's walking towards her with his arm in a sling, he walks by this snowmobile that kind of resembles a scooter. It's like, oh, wow, that's cool. And that's where the movie ends. But it's kind of like, all right, could have used a little few scenes there about how... Something. What happens to Pyatt? Yeah. The charges were dropped. I mean, again, when when Keith Gordon shows up next to his dad, you know, played by Dean Stockwell, he obviously knows, like, yeah, I, I guess you really weren't a hostage. And there still should have been some sort of, like, even if it was just a newspaper headline spinning yeah. out, Billy Jean Davy cleared of all charges. Right. Or, you know, what, two months probation or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, something. Um, the legend of Billy Jean comes to an end. You know, you know, local store the, owner ruined and facing charges of facing, like assault yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> facing charges of attempted rape, you know, right. anything. Um, Hubie Pyatt remorseful because he does right. show remorse at the end. He does. He end. walks away from his stupid dad once he finally realizes what a scumbag he actually is. Yeah. Almost like, oh, maybe this is why I am the way I am. Right. My dad's a scumbag. So that kind of would have been nice. And again, it's just, it's one of the little nitpick flaws of the movie. Right. You know, it's, it's ably directed, but there's really no, it was obviously shot on a low budget. But I assume Peter Coyote and Helen Slater, at the very least, got decent salaries because Helen Slater had just starred in Supergirl. Had Supergirl come out by then? I'm not sure whether it was out yet because Supergirl did not do well in the box office, but it was expected to do well. Right. So I'm sure that's one of the big reasons she got this role almost immediately after. You know, they were probably hoping to capitalize on what was probably going to be a huge movie. Right. I mean, because granted, my media consumption was different when I was like 10 or so, but I swear I had seen this movie before I even knew about Supergirl. Um, it's. I know Supergirl. She she did Supergirl before she did this, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't remember <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it probably super with the effects laid in Supergirl. It might have taken longer for it to actually be released. Whereas this movie could have really been put together quickly, and it probably was. It probably was put together quickly to get it out in time to capitalize on what they expected to be the success of Supergirl. Sure. I mean, a lot of this movie, too, I look at, and I think it also could have been inspired by the recent hit, The Outsiders. Because there's some similarities there. You know, kids who end up going on the run and hiding because of situations that they had no control over spiraled quickly, and somebody ended up, you know, in their case, dead. 
but and then they become heroes. Yeah. Uh, but like we said, this is really more heavily based on the, the legendary outlaws of the, the, the like Billy the Kid, who's celebrated as kind of, you know, he was an outlaw, but people loved him. Right. People were on his side. He was just like, and often trying to say, like, well, I deserve my pardon. And as pointed out in the Young Guns movie, is like, well, I'm going to keep raising hell until I somebody pays attention to what's going on out here and brings, you know, some actual justice. Right. It's the rich people, you know, taking advantage of the poor people and getting away with it. Right. And I believe, I can't remember exactly, but wasn't Billy actually promised a pardon? But then it was just like, yeah, never mind. Yes, he was promised that pardon. That he never actually got. Yep. So, again, like, there there could have been this. We enjoy this movie. Sure. I enjoyed it. I mean, again, I I expected to because I remember liking it um, when I saw it all those years ago. But rewatching it again, yeah, this was a heck of a lot of fun. I enjoyed every moment of it. And again, you know, it's out there on Blu-ray. You know, you can get it. Uh, Mill Creek's got a a, a decent Blu-ray of it out there. So, you know. Give it a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. And if you've never seen it, give it a shot. It's it's a fun movie. It's by oh. no means a masterpiece. It's one of the few movies I've seen, you know, rated on IMDb that I'm like, yeah, I think that's right. It's got a 6.6 on IMDb, which I mm-hmm. consider is, you know, if five is if five stars, five out of 10 stars should be what's considered an average movie. So 6.6 puts this as slightly above average. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah, a lot of it is just technical difficulty. Uh, technical, you know, story could have been told maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit more flash in the directing. But, you know, it's it's all competently done. Well, I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in a movie collection for me that consists of mostly like action, um, you know, or, or horror, or you know, this this is one of the few movies that isn't any of those, and 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 um, uh, you know, I'm 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 happy to, I'm, I'm well, happy to have it. I was happy, and I'm happy to uh, rediscover it. And it's it's a character based movie, which you don't see too often now, right? You know, so many like like, like I love the John Wick movies; they're mm-hmm. fantastic. They're a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, the character of John Wick, right? You know, the boogeyman who has a preternatural ability to kill lots of people. Right. And, and which is a heck of a lot of fun to watch. And I will yeah. absolutely watch it. I know but, about nearly three hours, by the way, John Wick 4. But, yeah, I'm going to watch it. The characters are all either suitably likable or suitably hateable. Right. Right. Very, yeah. Sp- which I had a thought. Um, if this movie were remade. Do you think the police would be more hostile? Do you think they would portray the police as being? Oh yes, hostile? definitely. Absolutely. I do too. I, I feel they like might... I feel like there's no way they wouldn't make the police way more hostile. At best, they would have had the Peter Coyote character still be sympathetic and be the only one, while the rest of the police are like, "What do you?" Or, and especially they would have had the captain be like, "Are you?" She shot a store owner. They're out there with the guns. They're making right. fools of us. Right, right. Like it's not until it's not until the very end, and even then, it's the DA specifically and the sharpshooters who are really just following orders. And we would have seen much more of the kids cheering them on and the adults 
What is our society? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, look at these kids that, you know, she's an outlaw and these kids are admiring her. What's wrong with, you know, they need to, you know, the, the inevitable. Cause in, in here we see, you know, especially the teenage boys, like Billy Jean, I love you, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll enchant because again, she's a, Helen Slater is not only an extremely attractive woman, she's an extremely charming, you know, and that's, Everyone in her, you know, quote unquote, unlaw, outlaw gang. Yeah. You know, Binks is a little bit of a pain in the butt who doesn't seem to understand the situation half the time. Like, even when he when he's being shot at by the cowboy, he's knocking out the rear view, the, the glass. Yeah, the like he's going to shoot back. Yeah. Like he's going to shoot back with the toy gun. And it's, it's Keith Gordon who has to throw him to the floor of the station. Wing. Like, are you crazy? Those are real bullets coming at us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he actually thinks he is Billy the Kid. You do get the sense that he is absolutely right. Like he's he's the Charlie, he's um Emilio Estevez in, in Young Guns. So, you know, there's those little nitpicks, and again, we would definitely see there would also be you um, know the commentary of of how social media makes celebrities out of you know everybody right. and you know that. Which I think, like, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. If this were to be remade, I think they could do a fantastic job with it. I really do. But I also think they might not be able to stop themselves by also yeah. making some fairly lazy mistakes. So it'll be interesting to see if that ever happens. And then they might overly political, politicize it. Right, right. But, you know. Uh, this, this well, they might ham fist it. This movie is somewhat ham fisted, but not as much as you might expect. No, exactly. But this is a movie that, you know, it could be remade and it could be done right. Absolutely. Especially by using, you know, updating it to what, you know, today's social media is like. That would right. really be the key. If they keep within the same spirit, you know, I think they could do it. Absolutely. I think it would be a, I think it would be an excellent update um, in a lot of ways that would ring really well. But like I said, I, I also am afraid they 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 might like, you know check too many boxes or try to yes. try to check too many boxes um and and they might even make hubie even more because again, he'll be and, evil and, yeah he'll be like a stephen king villain you know <laughs> yes in the in you know the 80s still had that sense of oh you know you got to deal with bullies and boys will be boys and that's kind of how hubie is played at and i think that's important to the message of this movie like it's not to say stephen king teenage villains didn't exist Right. But it's just that's not the point of that's not what this movie is trying to do. Like, they're not trying to tell you these are with the exception of Pyatt, you know, overtly evil people. Like, right. this is how a situation can get out of hand and how such a legend can build and how things can build to be out of hand to the point of this crescendo. Which is also basically why Peter Coyote was initially dismissive of it all. Like, right. oh, he's just a dumb, you know, right. you know, bully boy. He's going to bring he'll come to the senses. He'll bring it right. back and everything will be OK. Right. They didn't need to bring it any further than it already needed to be. Right. All right. Well, anything else to say specifically about the legend of Billie Jean? Uh, no, no. Except, again, like uh, this is this is one of those movies where um, I'm glad we ended up doing this podcast because I'm not sure I would have ever, ever got around to revisiting otherwise. And I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Um, I think the did, bird agrees. The bird in the we, background. We, uh, yeah, there's the bird in the tree right outside my window there. Yeah. Um, he had his he had his opinions. So, you picked your whip pistol. I picked mine. Yep. Uh, what are your recommendations? Um, so I'm gonna go with Young Guns, right? 
because uh, why not? Um, and you can you can listen to that episode for for all the reasons for that. Um, and the other one that uh, we hadn't already talked about, I guess, would be taps. All right, yeah, taps. that's a good one. That's it. people standing up for what they believe in. Right. Somebody is accidentally shot over, you know, a situation and the situation. That's a good pick. Maybe someone is way too into it and it's not necessarily helping the situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Taps. Taps. Good pick. I didn't even consider that one. All right. Well, I'm as I mentioned, I'm going to kind of pick the outsiders mm-hmm. uh, because there's similar themes there. Yeah, that's a real good pick. Yeah. I'm also going to pick my bodyguard because it's kind oh, right of, of, of the same time and, you know, dealing with bullies and how a situation, although, you know, the, my bodyguard situation is almost like a high school arms race. Yes. I'm going to get a big, tough guy to protect me. Well, I'm going to get an even bigger, tougher guy to protect me. Well, then I'm going to get a bunch of big, you know, it, it, Yep. so my bodyguard, cool movie. And last uh, I'm going to just say, and it's a little bit more out there, but I don't know, all through the movie, I kept kind of thinking of uh, Night of the Comet. I I mean, to me, I was thinking the same thing, but I can't think of, like, is it the time period? Is it the time that we saw it? Because it would have been about this time. I but think no, a lot of it has they are to linked with, somehow, yeah. with the soundtrack as well. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a. There's always been a link between these two movies in my mind for some reason, and uh, I mean, they did come out, I believe, the same year. So we probably saw them at the same time. Uh, like I said earlier, I think repeatedly uh, during a summer or two in the uh, mid '80s. That may be where I'm making the connection in my mind. I mean, and I think so. At least for me, I think so. But you know, we didn't really talk much about the soundtrack in, in Legend of Billie Jean, and you got like three great songs. You know, right off the top is you know you got oh, Invincible invincible fantastic song and it's the the song most associated with this movie yeah it's at the best like montage point like yeah. billy idol's rebel yell and the movie begins with all the boys in town by the dividals which really i think if there was any justice in the world would have been the song they are most known for right on because it's a great song all right well uh do you have a Magnificent Seven Degrees connection? Um, I totally don't. All right, well, it's going to be real easy, or at least not one that I wasn't going to reuse anyway. And I don't, I'm, I don't want to do that. I want to keep doing that. Christian Slater was in Young Guns Two with James Coburn. Right. All right. Well, with that, we're going to remind you as always. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Matt Sorois. All one word, M-O-V-I-E-M-A-T-T-S-I-R-O-I-S. And you can find us on Facebook under the Movie Asylum of the Weird, Bad, and Wonderful. Todd, do you want to get in your Michael Jackson joke before we close up, or do you? are you all set? No, 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 I'm good. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, what, can you, what can you say that you didn't already say? I mean, that is the joke. All right. Well, we thank you as always for listening and hope to have you back next time. Thank you, everyone. Stay gold, people.